0: Welcome to another Pint with Shawnee B. This is probably the uh, Pint with Shawnee B that was uh, supposed to be all of them. I am actually in a Dublin pub with a pint with my guest, who's also got a pint in him. So you're going to hear pub background noises and uh, we're probably going to have to move halfway through this interview to another uh, famous Dublin landmark pub to complete the interview. So this is a genuine pint with Shawnee B Pub Crawl. I have an amazing guest today, a guy I've known for 30 years or so. He is one of Ireland's most enduring, hardest working singer-songwriters. He's also a producer. Uh, he's a DJ and he's an all-round guy who's been at the heart of everything music in Dublin for the past three decades. And I'm welcoming to the podcast the very great, the one and only Gavin Glass. The Notorious Shawnee (laughs) B. Gavin is about to launch his fifth studio album called Opus Pocus. That's right. Name come from where? The pointless struggle to create this
1: perfect piece of art. Right. That it's all Have you done it? No. (laughs) No, because there is no such thing. There is no such thing. But the journey and the the adventure of trying to get there. But This record, out of all the other ones, I kind of had a a confidence and a swagger I've never had before going going into a a recording that I just didn't give a fuck. Am Uh, I right,
0: Chris. Yeah, of course, it's a podcast.
1: Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, I just really didn't care what other people thought of it, which I think a lot of artists, they go through this phase. Sometimes they're not being true to themselves and what they're creating. They're they're creating music for their friends and, and
0: for their peers and other people that are in bands. You've talked a lot about this because of your job as a producer recently. You're not only the singer-songwriter who's producing it now, you're also producing your own work. And yeah. ergo, it's hard to go, when is it actually finished, right? When I'm producing somebody else's music, it's very easy for me to view it, have the aerial view
1: and look down in the helicopter and go, right, this song is a mess. Yeah. Here's what, what we're going to have to do. But when it's your own thing, it can be very hard to see the wood from the the trees. Right. I've made so
0: many records for different people that I, I know when it's done. I know when it's you're overcooking the stew or over egging the pudding or whatever cliche you want to use. So Gavin runs a company called Orphan Records. He's also going to play some of the tunes from his new album which we're getting a scoop here on yes, the World Kate. exclusive nobody else has heard these tunes yet far my best mate. So the album will be released I guess sometime next month.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's got it's literally uh, in the mastering suite. At the moment, so she'll be back tomorrow morning. Yeah, I, we're I have celebrating a, it actually. We're yeah. we out
0: here. Points to a Clinky, 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 Opus Pocus. We're wedding we the baby's have, head. We're wearing the baby's head. Gavin um, and I have similar backgrounds. We grew up in South County Dublin. I've got a few more laps around the sun than he has. We grew up in, eight. A, in a, yeah, eight more. So eight more laps. To be, just to be clear. <laughs> we grew up in a, uh, I, I guess, a reasonably privileged environment. Definitely the, uh, the non-dusty end of middle class. Yeah, 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 and with it, you know, not a cakewalk either. But uh, I guess looking back from this juncture in your forties, early forties, what what little gems or insights have you got about what it was like growing up in South County Dublin in the eighties?
1: It was not like the Wild West in these big estates. The kids yeah. were just allowed out on their bikes not to talk to strangers. Yeah. And if a man in a tr- trench coat comes up to you yeah. in the run. park, run. Yeah. And you were just left to it, you know, yeah. and you'd get diarrhoea from eating, you know, apples the Robin orchards. Cooking Ortries. apples. Yeah, you were eating cooking <laughs> apples that had worms in them. Yeah. And you thought, these are delicious lads. <laughs> and you'd go every day on your bikes. You would ride yeah. to, want to go and see the dead cat? Yeah. Of course I do. My child was like we talked growing just up in before fights. We,
0: uh, we talked before we came on about just this whole idea of kids being corralled into the best choices their parents could make for them, usually based around their academic aptitude, yeah. which is not so great if you want to be an artist. No. And you had a bit of this when you were, you know, your father is a very famous uh, car salesman, right? Back in the day he was, yeah.
1: I think my parents, came from very working class backgrounds. Like, there was 12 kids on my dad's side in a, really? t- a two-bed yeah. council house in Kimmage. So I think they just wanted the best for me growing up. They wanted security, and, and, and to them, security was a house and a mortgage. Art and music and that kind of thing just wasn't... It was just a thing I was going through. As much as my folks bought me a guitar and all of that, it was never a career. And yeah. I knew that's what I wanted to do when I was 15. Yeah. And then when you try and live a life, you know, and I was, I, I was an obedient, I was a, I was a good kid, I, yeah. was, I was athletic, I was straight C's, you know, maybe a B, but, you know, I, I left school at 18, went to college, and I was drinking flagons of cider from day one. Yeah. I, I got locked for the first three months. So I was miserable, crying every yeah. day. And and uh, this so eventually, UCD, was eventually. I, I was doing arts and I'd I missed right. UCD by five points or something. So I was working in Eddie Rockets. It was yeah. fucking terrible. Probably finished there at three. And I'd have to get up at six then to get a dart and then a bus and then a train out to my news every day. When I was signing on, they said, like, what subjects do you want to do? And I was like, psychology, music. Yeah, you have um, no idea. Blah, blah, and they just said, we don't do any of those subjects. <laughs> so I was like... Farming. Well, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, it was like, well, we have... Uh, Study to be a priest or geography. Yeah. <laughs> or it's
0: or famous for uh, the priest priests, yeah, And, and also minutes. Eddie Rockett's uh, an old uh, sort of uh, Dublin version of an American diner that uh, is, is a famous late night uh, carbohydrate reload after um, yeah. uh, for drunks who are drinking. Messy, yeah. Where was your music? Where did that come from? My, my earliest memory
1: is I Don't Like Mondays by the boom uh-huh. Rats and I was probably only two. But I just used
0: to lose I it. I always break into my Bob Geldof here, if you'd like. I'd say that we uh, asked Johnny Fingers to play a certain type of uh, <laughs> of uh, piano at the start that really got it going. Sorry. Yeah, that is,
1: <laughs> but that piano, that swirl down the piano,
0: Yeah. that
1: was a sound of magic, and, yeah. you know, to me. And, and then Blondie, Blondie used to, apparently, when I was two or three, I used to go to, to the yeah. TV and kiss Blondie and say, Parallel Mommy, my tweeny feels funny. <laughs> but, uh, but no, music was always there, and it was, you know, remember those old organs they used to have in, in some parlour? We, Hammond in the, organ, organ Yeah, we had a lot of friends that had bars in their houses, you yeah. know, they were all kind of car salesmen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boise kind of characters, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, uh, Marlene yeah. playing yeah. the organ, <laughs> yeah. and but they had these, like I remember five and six and seen organs or pianos yeah. in, in people's houses, and I was just so drawn to it, and... Right there always be music, yeah. sing songs happening in our house, and I always was just drawn to the guy who had the guitar. That He was...
0: Focal point. He yeah. was, the, you know...
1: Yeah. My, my dad was a great canter, a great singer, a great storyteller, and a total clown, or just really whole court. I, I would see him doing that, and then the guy with the guitar, and that's... When I was about 12, I remember being in the bath and hearing Sweet Child of Mine come on, and right. literally, it was just like getting hit with a cattle prod right. and then Stairway to Heaven came on the, straight after yeah and it was just my mind is melting what is this from then it was just guitars good guitars I just used to draw guitars on my copy books and I was just when did you get your first them. one when when I was tw- when I was 12 did you or did you yeah it was so, I went to lessons but they were teaching me you know on the banks of the Ohio yeah. songs oh. I hadn't I'd never fucking heard so it was all kind of self-taught. I mean, back then there was no internet. So if you wanted to learn how to play the intro of Stairway With Heaven, you had to get in the bus, to the fingers to yeah. some lad who lived with his man, he had a Marshall stack in the kitchen for five, or he'd show you how to play Stairway With Heaven. And like that's, I mean, I, re- I remember having you a, a
0: sheet music or something. Yeah, like
1: that. I'm. Sure I didn't know how to. Re- I yeah. still don't know how to re- read the Do dots. You not? No, I don't. Oh, okay. No, I never learned. I never learned. But it's, yeah, no, astonishing, music, like, it's, it's
0: astonishing a- when you look back, though, on you know cassette tapes and pressing record for the DJ, and hoping he doesn't interrupt again yeah. to get your mixtape. And but no, you know, but,
2: you know
1: mu- music, music, back it, then yeah. was an asset. It was like a, a, a ta- like it was a tangible yeah. asset that you held, and it was so precious to you. And, and yeah. The music you were into was who you were, it was your identity. We had cure yeah. heads, you were a rocker, you were, you were a raver, you were a mod, you were a yeah, skyhead. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but now we're it's Beatles like, the rolling stones. Exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah Beatles of Stones. And you know Which were you? And well I like
0: both. I like I, I was stopped, the exception I, that proves uh, the rule. Yeah. I was Beatles all
1: the way. Yeah, wow. no, I, I know, but I mean like some people like a buddy of mine is in a punk band and, and like I remember saying saying to you to me one time he said, uh who you really like The Beatles, the Stones, and I was like, "My uh, oh, yeah, I like them both." He's like, "I can't fucking possibly take you seriously." And I was like, I <laughs> like a record producer. It's either. Yeah yeah. But, uh, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah,
1: but, but that's how important it you was. You couldn't say kids that you like then. the
0: Jam or yeah. you know, the Cure. Yeah, you like both the one, ding, well, you the of them. You kind of jam. They're just a rip off the Who. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah.
1: But now I think kids, they just. You know, it's instant gratification and everything's just cherry-picked from... It's pick and mix of everything.
0: What sort of a guitarist were you by the time you sort of finished school? Were you handy or around?
1: Yeah, I, de- I definitely wasn't as good as I thought I was. Like, when did you f- write your first song, you remember? As soon as I was playing. Okay. I had, like... oh, well, I wasn't a songwriter. I was always just wanted to be gui- I wanted to be a guitar god. I wanted to be, like, Slash or right. Eric Clapton or... I just wanted to be a guitar player, yeah. primarily. That's all I wanted to be. When I quit college, I joined this band. They had a couple of singles out that were doing well on radio, but they had dozens of gigs. So I, I literally, first summer out of school, I was away every weekend seeing Ireland, which I'd never seen in the back of a, you know, a a, 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 da- no, a Datsun Cherry. Yeah, okay. You know, with like microphones in the back of your head. If the car broke, a fucking Marshall cab would hit you in the back of the head.
0: How long did that last for I think a year,
1: I was with them for a year, and then I joined a band called Roach, who had just signed a publishing deal. They were kind of doing well, and then that just melted down. They, they lost the record deal, and there was loads of personal problems with the band. And then we, we got back together a couple of years later. We were a band called Gramophone, got signed straight away. We got offered a deal. What the, year was this now? This is about 1998, we got back together again. And then by 99, we were signed... We had some connection. There was no kind of internet there we could yeah, fucking yeah. read.
0: Albums. You were reliant on r men coming to yeah, the uh,
1: exactly right? and, yeah. and we had, we just knew some guy who said, Yeah, there's a label I know in Germany, yeah, yeah. sent them tape yeah. and then three months, four months later we were we were over in yes. Germany living there for we were there for about nine months yeah. making this record which was a total tax write off. The money, money laundering, money Money laundering, yeah. They weren't
0: your hamburgers.
1: <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't let us go out and gig. Really? Yeah, there was all these like, you know, every day we turn up, there's like new amps there for me and...
0: But crazy. did you feel like you were about to break it?
1: Totally. Yeah. Like, when the album was finished, it was like, okay, you boys need a bit of a rest now. We're going to send you down to Monaco and we're going to fly the girlfriends over for a two-week holiday around Sancho Bay and Nice and... So yeah, I mean, we thought it was all going to be fucking blowjobs and cocaine and yeah. limousine.
0: What, what happened?
1: The money ran out. It was a, it's some yeah. newspaper tycoon who was dating this young Italian girl who One wanted, wanted a, who, and she wanted a band, she wanted a record label to run, and then he went through this like the biggest divorce before Paul McCartney split Woody Mountbatten.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> it was just a sham. So uh, we we came back. That was my first kind of realization of how fucked up the business is and yeah. and how e- it easy it, it is to just step on somebody's and that, that, that there isn't that there's there's nasty people in the world
2: yeah
1: this you know f- from being over there for a year I used to sleep in the studio and I was watching the guys how they recorded. and so I sort of taught myself how to produce, record music yeah. and produce and um, but I also loved it I, like I I was good at it and I, I was like always able to kind of dissect the song and h- how, how to make it gel and and, um,
0: and this is all ear
1: I don't know can I be a little cliche like sure. it's heart. People say we only use 10% guts. of our, our brains, I think it's only 10% of our hearts we use. <laughs> it, it's guts and it's instincts. Yeah. Music is emotion. Like, I, I had a, a, a child a year and a half ago and the only way I could communicate with her when she was first born was through music, because that was, yeah.
0: I, could, I could feel the connection with her and to this day she's like, anyway, yeah. Your daughter is Emmy, Emmy, Emmy May. Emmy, yeah. Emmy May if you're listening to this in the future. We're starting to get a bit full in here, so we might. There's a band make about this. is chapter one of our pub crawl podcast, and I'm going to finish this chapter with a song from Opus Pocus, Gavin Glass's new album. Why don't you introduce the song and what it's about? What are we going to play? Well, I was thinking we should play Horseshoe Tattoo. Horseshoe Tattoo is about uh, falling in love, realization,
1: and kind of. You know, a lot of the the Pocus thing is that uh, existential thing that happens to people when they start that their mid, you know, early thirties, mid thirties. Just opening, and also oh man, I can't believe this is going to say. This, but it's about <laughs> opening your heart to love and yeah. and compromise. What we talked about a little bit later. There's definitely a, about compromise of, of, of,
0: of yeah. Join us in part two where we're going to talk about. The 30-something issue and love and all that stuff but before that a song from Gavin Glass' new album Opus Pocus called Horseshoe Tattoo Enjoy I let the
2: days get away from me be someone I couldn't be I took the rap in a case of mistaken identity Never saw
0: Gavin Glass's upcoming album, Opus Pocus. We've moved venues, we moved from the rather depressing but about to have a jazz night, Leeson Lounge, in next door to a very famous old pub, and a pub that's been big in my life growing up, and indeed Gav's as well. Gav is the artist-in-residence here, it's O'Brien's on Leeson Street. Were you playing yesterday? Yes. Gav plays the every Sunday years. night for the last twelve years. In fact, he, his uh, fourth album was called Sunday Songs. I mean, yeah, all connected here, Yeah, band. we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. So we were talking just about the, uh, just to talk about some of Gav's music. That song. Who was the bird with the horseshoe tattoo, by the way? If the you g- can tell.
1: Yes, the young Catherine, Amy Catherine Walsh, right? Who is my fiancee? Ah, when do you get married? I don't know. We're fucking trying to save for Gav.
0: <laughs> and, uh, it would kind of do, In you know, many ways, do- we never do- get out of the trap. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> it on
1: one salary. Her salary pays for the child childminder for the days she works, and then and, and it's partly
0: due to the it's when part- you're when
1: you're self-employed you're trying to run a business and yeah you know you're paying rent rates for places you're paying rent and the, the recording studio that I run is all kind of very much old school te- uh, analog technology and yeah. A, a dead art, pretty
0: much. So to maintain that stuff is all really expensive. And um, we we'll talk a little bit of orphan orphan records, which is Gavin's uh, other string to his bow. It's a very in demand recording studio in Dublin at the moment. Just, and I'm not a music, I'm not a music writer or a Dave Fanning or any of those guys. But you know, uh, I spent a lot of today listening to a lot of your music, and I I had uh, gift, I was gifted by Gavin uh, in 2004. A copy of his uh, first album, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Which I'd like the world to teach me. I'd to like sing. the world to teach you to sing. I was gifted. I'd to the- like
1: to teach myself to <laughs> introduce yourself to myself. <laughs>
0: do that again. I, <laughs> leave it in. Okay, leave it in. Fuck it. Um, and I loved it. It was a beautiful album. I loved the song Skinny Girlfriend on it. And yeah. it was a, an album that you made in your garage, in the truest yeah. sense of the world, where you recorded every instrument, you mixed it together. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what, why you ended up doing that after the thing you t- spoke about with phone yeah. and all this stuff over in mm-hmm. Germany. Well,
1: that band had kind of folded when we lost our deal. Everyone kind of went away and licked their wounds, but I, I still just, that's all, from having the taste of like, you know, this is the life that is for me, I, I, I had been happy. I, I had terrible and it all just went away as soon as I went over there. and I wasn't ready to give up, I was, I was only 23 at that, that yeah. stage, and the other lads were kind of in their kind of 30s, early 30s. Chip business shit business creme brulee that is a what's the name of the show again? Royce Royce and and Vasey League of Gentlemen League of Gentlemen
0: fantastic Uh, one of my favourite shows yeah amazing Uh, there is a (laughs) (laughs) Swansea anyway lines and lines and lines (laughs) so you did lines and
1: lines and lines yes from being over there I was learning how to use the equipment they kind of copped that I was the main songwriter in terms of the music and all that and the other guy Brian Rose he was writing the lyrics and they'd set me up with my own little studio that I could sleep. They were saying, if you want to sleep there and work for 24 hours a day, you can just produce Joe the Don't let us stop you. Exactly. Yeah. But it was purely so I would just give them music that they could sell out for ads. And like, it turned out, the oh, really? music was used in German. German people covered Shit, our German music. ads. Shit German ads. is our Venn diagram. Put yeah. your in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Ah, like, fuck it. We don't need to pay yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we, we lost on that. Song. Anyway, I, I was bit buying gear and... I, Slowly building up my own little home record, so did the first album there, which everybody disses their older work, and, and that first album, you know, I find it hard, I find it very hard to listen, I don't sing, like, there were like two different singers there, I had never sang before, and I was kind of 27, 28 when I started making that record, and super insecure about my voice, and... But it got a good reception. It did, yeah, like the like you mentioned, Dave Fanning, he was a big champion, of yeah, that, and it? people like that, but I, I, you know, I was still selling insurance at the time, and very conflicted when i started getting a little bit of recognition and that i just kind of decided that you know what i'm a big boy now i have to shit or go off the pot and go
0: full-time and it meant killing my old life burying who i was before but when you had it done and it got a good reception that must have been well, that just made me want to do it more yeah it just gave me a validation that like, your flaws are flaws looking back yeah
1: for sure and right. you know We were talking earlier about, like, you look at artists like Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen and their first couple of albums are pretty ropey, you know, fairly ropey and back then labels had had the the money and the, the belief and the patience to let an artist develop and uh, make the shit records and then go what well, we know about the second or, th- or third uh, when they've had life experiences and they've been able to have an aerial view of themselves mm. but that's all gone now. Like I'm on album 5 from the, the first album, this, the Holy Shakers album came out and that got even a better reception yeah. than the first one. So but that the album is it.
0: called uh, Gavin Glass and, and the, Holy Holy Shakers. Shakers. Yeah. the Holy Shakers. Who were the Holy Shakers? Are just
1: they still around? Yeah. Uh, from time to time I'll play with different members but the, the bass player is still there but the band has changed five or six times over. I'll have two or three guys that Regular will all there. be able to, two or three different bass players I'll be able to sit in, or two or three different yeah. drummers. And yeah. After the whole Germany thing, and back then we were to Radiohead, and the, the label wants us to be the Manic Street Preachers, which we weren't. They want to the kind of rock-top stuff. Yeah. And
0: but yeah. it was a great time. I mean, the, OK, Computer came out around then. Yeah, for sure. I, mean, I, remember, I remember, yeah. You know, there Leslie was amazing fucking music out there totally. Yeah, really I mean, really the night, that was the golden age mm-hmm. when those records yeah. were. Oasis had happened, and Brit yeah. Poppet yeah. and, Blura, and yeah. Yeah
1: after kind of licking my wounds and all of that i just i got really into kind of old american folk music and americana and this documentary came on and it was just like it was exactly what it took me out of this depression that like you did, you had the record deal you lost it and now you're back home you can't pay the fucking rent you're, you're hoovering cornflakes off your chest because you've been watching judge duty reruns all day and feeling sorry for yourself but this thing came on about you know these guys from canada that just went into the woods in Woodstock and just shut themselves off in the world and bought tape recorders and figured out how to use them. But and there were Bob Dylan's back in band, if you're you any know, listeners that aren't, aren't uh, hip to them. But that just inspired me to go, like, do you know what? I wanted to hear wood in the music and I wanted to hear air. And like,
2: yeah. I was
1: always drawn to this, like, the twangier stuff. And yeah. my dad was mad into Willie Nelson and into yeah. Johnny Cash. So there was a nostalgia thing that, that like, when I'd heard that, it brought me back to. Childhood and did you so did
0: you self-produce the second all album? My, all my all albums. of your albums. Okay, so this yeah. the second album was in 2007. You have been called the Godfather. Just to take <laughs> up on what you're just saying of Ericana. We, Ericana, we do this yeah. in Ireland. Week.
1: There's so much Irish musicians that were, were doing that kind of music. I and mean, when you, when you break it down, like American folk music is pretty much Scottish and Irish and a little bit Bruce. of French, Cajun, mixed with gospel and blues. Yeah. I've always just had for whatever
0: it is it's just in my blood it, it, it's always just stirred me up so that brings us nicely to Minor Birds yes. right? which was 2010, 2010. you Nashville. recorded that in Nashville yes with members of the Black Crows and Wilco yeah. and Cheryl Crow's band yeah. all these like I, I was playing with Lisa it was kind of her so you, you, you went on tour with Lisa Hannigan who is X-Tay one of, of the most m- famous female singer-songwriters in Ireland and you were part of her band that went touring America or all over the world, oh, right? Oh, did you feel that was a... I've tried to be on my own... It's Absolutely. I'm gonna be a session. Well, I thought, yeah, totally.
1: And I, I'd also... I'd been doing fucking pub cover gigs, trying to release my own records. Yeah. Like the Holy Shaker's album was out around... had come out a year before I joined Lisa's band. And I was producing records, but like, man, it was, it was tough. A lot of porridge parties in the house and, go, like, sticking my hand down behind the couch to see who fucking that change change. And I'm like, that's the reality of it. Yeah. When an offer like that came along, do you want to join one of the most talented songwriters, singers that have yeah. come out of Ireland in the last 20 years and go and see the world and be given, a, you know, the opening up slots on all these American tours? Or do you want to stay at home and sing fucking Brown Man Girl and Johnny Cash songs
0: yeah. to people? We don't C- want to listen to the real music. Celtic Tiger Tears. But it was a good time to go. Yeah, for sure. It was amazing. I, I, like a... I've been to Nashville many times and I just loved that strip with Bob Roberts. And it's actually... A, I yeah. I just... When I went there, I was so... just fucking taken with the fact that I thanked my lucky stars I wasn't a musician because... When you see the talent... Yeah. The, oh, the talent of that f- strip. F- and they're playing for tips, right?
1: Yeah. Most of those guys are touring musicians that are... They, they go out for out. three months. They'll be torn with Bob Seger or somebody. Yeah. And then they come home and then they've no work. So they just they either stay at home with the kids and, or else to go out. And But like those guys will play seven gigs a day. Come home so so them. Nashville has this yeah.
0: kind of 200-meter, 300-meter strip with about 30 bars. Uh, and you walk in, you don't have to pay any money. And there's just this amazing... Killer. Killer talent. Yeah. Like just... Uh, you know, Bob Roberts, the bar I talk about, is, has got a whole burger thing happening at the back and there's a van in the front and they go around with white plastic buckets to get their the money. That and it's hokey as hell. Like it's hokey. It's white. shit kicker. Yeah, it's, it's very redneck. But uh, yeah, you got to Nashville and then decided to record there? Or what no, what happened to? was we were in
1: Boston and we went to a Black Crows gig who I was a huge fan of... Yeah.
0: Tom, who played
1: drums at Lisa, was great friends with... Steve because he was in a band back in the 90s that were one of these jam bands that kind of went on tour with Grateful Dead and Black Crows and all that stoner kind of yeah. Americana rock bands he introduced me to the drummer of the band we ended up hanging out and as usual i fucking charm him or whatever and, yeah. and, and I tell you why he was a huge fan but I gave him his CD, the, the Holy Shakers one and he literally rang me the next day and was like, when is the tour finished? and I said like, two weeks where he's finished and last this is Perfect because I've set up a band. We're we'll make we're gonna make a record. Uh, I'm gonna play drums on it and yeah, come to Nashville.
0: Brilliant. So again, so, this got, is a... yeah, and
1: that was a total fluke. And you know what? I'm really disappointed in how that album turned out. Like I like as, as a record, I, I I'm really
0: proud of it. But... Were you a bit let down by the uh, reception it got?
2: Yeah,
1: big. I I was. I just I, I just brutal at business for my own music. I'm great with other people's production and and I'm great at running the studio business but with my own music I'm just like a fucking chimpanzee. I can't
0: seem to But looking I mean looking back at that album are you personally good with it? I mean I remember when you two brought out Rattle and Hum they got castigated over that Yeah I think time has shown that up to be a reasonably Heartland's great in, like, record yeah. incredible song All I Want Is You I think it's yeah, beautiful amazing. They, have, <laughs> they have some beautiful stuff in uh, there, Angela Harlem yeah which was recorded they got, was but they got this kind of maybe we can drift into this uh, after we hear your next song um, I'll give you a second That's think about it. the bollocks out of you too though. Exactly, I yeah. want to talk and about that, that and, and we'll start getting into the music business. Let's take another break and let's listen to Sparrow and tell me about Sparrow from your new album. Sparrow
1: is about my uh, daughter and it's about having to break your bollocks to afford to have a child. It's all
0: worth it. This is Sparrow.
2: conquisté
0: Emmy May is one of the few young girls in the world whose father has written a song about her. Yeah, it's such a cliche. It's not a cliche. I know it is.
1: Every songwriter is. But you know, the thing is, when I'm gone, and no matter
0: who hears my music, whatever, it's there for her. That is my, you know, that's her legacy, really. 2015 was Sunday Songs, which was your fourth album. And uh, you and Mundy have something in common here, I think, because your label went into liquidation just as you launched, which must have been right in the balls. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, you drop four or five grand on getting your CDs duplicated and your artwork, and then you find out that all the CDs that were shipped out to all the shops are gone. What are they, Limba? Who owns them? I don't know. They're gone anyway. I never got them back, I never got a, a red cent for any of the record sales, I was tied in with these guys digitally as well, and like, Sunday Song was number one for yeah. like two or three weeks in the iTunes chart. I've never got one check from them, and I've asked, it's like, where's the money for that, and they're saying, no, uh, it's not there we were liquidated and
0: it's, the money is gone. You know, a of so so let's talk about it. This was 2015, but li- but literally for most of this century, the music industry has collapsed and become something else. It's become a difficult... It's herb. a dog eating its own shit. Sorry. No, that's Good. all right. I mean, yeah. you, you your album, when it launched, was, you know, even though Minor Birds was... was You weren't happy with the reviews. This one was to form according to the reviewers oh no the reviews were good for, for minor birds but god even the,
1: that i have to say that yeah. but the, that's how insecure we are as fucking artists but no it was critically well received but that's all it was right. that was my first taste of like you can get great reviews and yeah. all of that and how meaningless it all is
0: yeah it doesn't lead to sales. It doesn't translate to sales. It doesn't translate to your way of life changing in any way. You know? So Sunday Songs comes out. You go goes into liquidation. I want to talk a little bit about the fuck-up that is the music business. I mean, my, my first observation being outside it is, I mean, you've worked with, I don't know, my favorite musician of the last five years out of Ireland, which is Conor O'Brien, the Villagers. Yeah. You've worked with Lisa Hannigan, you've worked with Paul Brady, Jerry yeah. Fish, Mundy, mm-hmm. even all the way back to when I was growing up, Hot House Flowers, Intuidoo. Yeah. We've had so many bands that nearly but quite didn't follow U2. I'm not talking about stratospheric U2, I'm talking about made-it U2. Now part of that is the fact that the, the idea of the album has vanished through technology. But why do you think we haven't had Bands, even yourself, properly break the scene. Well, okay.
1: If if we look at the bands that have, have broken internationally, are the artists since you two that I would call like million sellers. Right. We've got Damien Rice, uh, Glenn Hansard. We've had bands like The Script and Coldplay. Yeah, yeah. And the boy bands. <coughs> and, and the boy bands. Yeah. I mean, we've exported a lot of boy bands. Like when you look at our currency, the back of it is a, is a harp. It's, our, it's what we're known for fighting yeah. and music yeah. and, and drinking yeah. and <laughs> drinking uh, I know but it is a cliche we're doing all three tonight let's talk about Dublin for a minute and Bonnacol called the city of a thousand rock, rock bands it should have been the city of ten thousand rock bands now we have colleges like BIM set up for kids There's the body form of rock college the, the kids coming out of there Sean are like man they are just on fire mm. they can play their asses off I, I, like I, I've got the mics open and I'm recording them and listening to them talking and, and working at the range they're talking in phone numbers I don't have the theory these kids have but well, it's a, I mean um, so it's that's, a, that's a,
0: we're just a brief segue on that because yeah. I was wondering when to slip this in but you you have morphed into what I call the mother hen to Ireland's up and coming club, musicians club. that's beautiful thank you that's lovely that really makes my balls swell and well but there's a certain amount of you that's just clearly observed the issues you had as a young musician, and you're trying to fill that God-shaped hole for people who are coming out now. Is that fair? Or? Um, I mean, it's not a boat. It's so compliment. It's you, not you, a guitar It's not That's what you're doing.
1: But yeah, it is. Like, it's funny how the name, and I was saying earlier on, that the name Orphan just yeah. was pulled out of the air. Like I, I actually call that studio the Orphanies and it's. That's how I do feel like. I mean, I have Billy Bragg in there, a couple of months ago. So yeah. I've had big names, big names and, yeah. in there, and I've had. But when it's the young bands that come in, I just feel I'm giving their songs a home, and I'm giving yeah. them. If their hearts and their minds and their eyes are, and their ears are open, that I'm going to help them make their sound better. Not, not. For, for any ego, for, for my reason, yeah, yeah. from fucking
0: but it seems like a 25, like, 30 years of just, new, like... When Milane made their name on the back of you too but they, you know, they became this big, bloated ad agency kind of thing. Yeah, now, they, now
1: they're, like... And they've, they've sort of shrunk back a down. college. Yeah, they've they're shrunk from
0: college. Down again. They're not a no, college. That element of facilitating mm-hmm. art... Is one of the areas that's been most neglected. in Ireland. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, well, tell me about some of the bands you've been working with that you think are, maybe will break this. There's, Irish. there's, lo-
1: there's so many, Sean. Well, give me like three bands we should the, the Hot Sprockets. The Hot Sprockets. Band. I've produced two records for those guys. Old time rock and roll, cartoon. I think the monkeys meet Kings and Leon. And the Eskies, front man, he's a mixture of Elvis and Shrek so just think of like 68 Comeback Special meets The Ogre and just this band of badass pirate musicians they This kind of klezmer element to their music which I've been trying to beat out of them and they've resisted and that's what I love about our relationship that it's just push and pull but we just work great together and they're like they're just great musicians incredible songwriter and front man and just a good human being I mean I I I got
0: exposed to The Villagers about five years ago and I remember going to a thing in the Workman's Club and I just cried yeah what no.
1: Connor, Connor no, just happened
0: you'll have to listen to me on this yeah. he is tapped
1: into this some ancient fucking magic yeah that's what I found and yeah it's else as a, come as, from as somewhere a human else. being yeah. he's like he's just I remember that I remember a beautiful I mean how he how he perceives things and I don't know he just whenever I'm around him he just makes I I i, I just but well, it was I, only I start thinking on a higher level. Yeah, there was is, only about a like
0: hundred people in the. Uh, it was a Today FM kind of, with the, with the very cool, clearly um, the same videographer who did your uh, piece in in Whelan's, Steve um, Mowgli, yeah. Miles O'Reilly, beautiful, oh, beautiful. And, yeah, and, he's uh, amazing. But I, 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 I had been away for so long, and I heard this guy, and I just was like, he's. He 20 something and he was like an angel singing. he I was, was like, singing all the to men you. were crying yeah he was singing to you my eyes out. And nobody yeah, else. yeah yeah and he
1: was singing to you about that time yeah when nobody
0: came to your birthday party yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah that's the villagers there's links to all these bands on the blurb of this podcast which you can check out come back to me before we try and wrap it up about just the future maybe that might be positive and where you think the music industry may end up
1: Sean, I don't know. I'm like we're all running around like helpless chickens. I go to bed every night, shit myself. Particularly in Dublin, it's like it's, it feels like art is just being kind of. It's like the, in Star Wars, and the two walls yeah. start coming in on art, and it's just like all the metal and steel and concrete. Just, the cost of living to, to be an artist, yeah. it, it's just it's 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 getting impossible, and the art is going to be compromised because. Yeah. You know, the bands can't afford the studios because they can't afford to pay their fucking rent. So, they're you know, and the technology has just advanced so well. But, but, yeah, they can't afford to pay their producers. They can't afford to pay musicians. They can't afford to get the CD duplication. And then you're questioning, well, should I, I buy, make CDs? But the thing is, my beautiful dreamers is that we've been painting on walls like when we were fucking hunting bison and running away from dinosaurs so we're going to continue to make art you know it's a human condition and it's a calling and they get montage in your bloodstream it's there so it's going to happen but in terms of a monetary thing for musicians and how it's going to go it's going to it's going to change drastically and it's going to bend and adapt and and it will survive i just don't
0: I don't know where the solution It might about. be the, the biggest single thing that I'm pissed off about in the 21 years I was away from Dublin, but when I was growing up, we were a haven for artists. We gave most artists tax-free status. This kind of was removed to the point where even Bono, I think, moved his Monte Carmel, over yeah. to Holland or somewhere. Yeah. Although you two do pay shitloads of taxes here. and As you said earlier, it's very easy to bag you two I'm a fan and I. Me a, too, know, I love like, you too. Yeah, I, I think that, that like there I was said, some piece in The Guardian recently about why all Irish people hate you too, and I don't think that's true. I mean, they certainly can't pack out too I get ragged much. on
1: because people tell me I, I try to sing like. Yeah, you have a bit of a. Year bit long, yeah, a
0: couple of songs that you. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> you say Anyway, so we're now coming to uh I don't know whether we did we did we get an answer to what the future know. of the music no, I, I, industry? I actually went off one. It it it'll survive
1: but it it's changing in a way. I mean like have you listened to the radio recently? I tried to listen
0: to as little as possible. Too you know, many ads. I mean like
1: I I, I thought about this one. like I, I remember playing like you know, hard rock music. my dad, who, who was into Anonymous Quarry and, and yeah, like I think. Willie Nelson and just... He would have been very be like George. Yeah, like, just nice and... Yeah, you know, yeah, no. or... Saturday night And, and then the movies. Christmas albums. Yeah, oh, Bing. yeah Bing, Bing. Bing Crosby, remember, yeah. yeah. Like, everybody's just the same. Like, did, did, did you read, Fanning wrote a great thing about where music is at the moment. Dave Fanning is our, the Irish John Peel.
2: What did like, What did he say?
1: He just said that, like, music is, 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 is just fucked. He said, like, I've I stepped away from, you know, writing about music and playing new music because, like, don't expect me to play bands like Picture This and The Coronas, all these new Irish acts and Code Line that are, you know, they're doing really well and they're starting to, you know, make waves outside of Ireland. But he just called it beige rock. There's I nothing, mean nothing exciting.
0: But everything is hum- homo-
1: homogenised. Like yeah, but everything. even the
0: type mm-hmm. of music. There was probably homogenization in the 80s. And there was yeah, they'd start and a watermelon. But, but, the, but the, the the thing to me is that the reason a kid dreams of becoming a rock star is the fame and the glory. And they the don't dream of being a rock star anymore, show. They, they dream of being a YouTube star. Yeah, so we've taken... You know, no, I was going to finish. Back in the day, that was the... So you have an end goal that's lifting the Champions League trophy. If you want to be a footballer... Yeah, exactly. You, know, you, 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 you work hard, you do your gigs, you play for a shit football team in Ireland, someone finds you, you do the same, someone comes in, an A and R person, and you might get the big contract and you might become the next U2. That's gone. Yeah. I mean, there's no Even the kids you work with, they don't think they're going to become... Oh, no, they do. Do they? I, you know what? It, the, the, the crazy thing is the
1: ones with the least talent have the, have the <laughs> highest expectations and
0: and they're <laughs> anyway. you're a uh, guy who i wanted to talk just about your actual music hey we're finally here uh, <laughs> <laughs> i am um, my own amateur version of your music a lot of things come through to me and some of these songs are on your new album. The song 30 something struck courtney as like a pain to the system the corralling that we're driven towards you know what can you do yeah. when you're best not good enough is a lyric from that the song which i kind of i feel you're kind of searching for the one you're kind of searching for love there's an optimism there's a soft romance there's a melancholy Security.
1: all those things and there's
0: also a big dublin kind of yep. thing i mean yep. that's a sort of a when i used to come back during the celtic tiger uh, just for holidays I found that the one thing that was missing from my home city was this kind of melancholy struggle uh, and you can't begrudge anyone losing that but what was it replaced with it was greed and yeah. unpleasantness and, and we were returning into, we were turning into like a Brit city a Brit or, city yeah. thought, yeah, like Birmingham or something or Liverpool if it goes all right sign Liverpool people but uh <laughs> But, but I yeah, never I mean those themes, those themes come come through. There, I, I just love the. There's a huge looking back, and then yeah. it's almost a nostalgic, of
2: sentimental song.
1: Yeah, you're bitch. a big
0: softy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's the thing with music, though. Has has always been about like mis- nostalgia for me. I, I remember the first time recognizing, like, when I heard Simon Garfunkel, immediately being able to like emotionally connect with. it from what it was like for my mom to be listening to that. And yeah. it's, just, it's a weird thing that I, I, I have. I, I, I've never been able to articulate or explain what it is, but I'm able to... Con- oh, she's not going to say it. I sound such a fucking wanker, but I'm actually able to emotionally connect music and memory in some so weird So you're better able
0: theme. to imagine your mother listening to a tune than your mother telling a story? Yeah. Would that be fair no, I'm
1: I'm better able to imagine how my mother was feeling. It's sure. Just the song, like I, like okay. that. Yeah, like it's. I'm able to connect with the with the emotion of the song and how people feel about it.
0: And I'm drunk, Sean. Yeah, that's fine. That's part of the idea. Yeah. Look, we've been here we a long time. I want to ask you a final question, which is: Who do you love more, your mommy or your dad? Nah, I'm not going to bother asking that. The um. The you that was about to go to Maynooth, um that ended up in insurance, yes. what would you say looking back if you could go back and talk into, into his ear?
1: Um, your parents are very smart. They have sacrificed so much of their life to try and get you where you are now and kept you alive and done a great job. But it's time to be a man, and it is time to listen to your heart. Allow yourself to have responsibility. Don't suffer fools, and don't be overly romantic. Be level-headed. Be fucking Bruce Lee. Be Elvis. Be Ted dancing in tears. Be smart. Listen
0: to your heart. Gavin Glass, thanks for being on a prime with Shaunie. I rhymed at the end. She's smart this, i'm a poet and i don't even know well that was a great interview with gavin glass there a good old friend of mine from dublin and i wish him every success with the new album opus Pocus. to play us out on this pint with shawny b another track from that album called bad reputation have a look at the blurb for the podcast on how you can buy the new album and i'll see you all next time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: No! Ran into some old friends. Leave nothing good to say about you. But why would they know? I've heard about your bad reputation. Your bad reputation. It's always following you. But it don't. my hand We'll fuck to the golden age Both you and I know Baby Nothing will ever be the same Again So why don't you come out And see me tonight There's so much I wanna say to you No secondhand rumor, no little white lie will ever keep you away from you. No, they'll never keep you away from you. I guess you've heard about mine. I guess you've heard about mine. Bad reputation.